0: Trail, mercy spoke for me. It was on Golgotha's tree. His death brought liberty. May I never boast in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. May I not forget the blood he shed. May I not forget the blood he shed. It is by his death I am alive because of Christ. I am alive. What a humble sacrifice. Love that washed me clean. What a blessed mystery. His punishment. My peace. Because of Christ, I am alive. Because of Christ, I am alive. You know, church today is a day when we can have confidence in all of the teachings of Jesus Christ, because he didn't just die, but he rose again. He did not just die, he rose again. Come on, death was the sacrifice that was paid on our behalf to, to wash us clean, to, to wipe everything away. That's what we celebrated on Good Friday. Good Friday is a good day. Because it's the good news, it's the, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's the purpose for why He came. It's Fantastic Friday, I want to change the name of Good Friday to Fantastic Friday. But if that's where it stopped, it wouldn't have been enough. If that's where it ended, if Jesus just paid the price on our behalf, it wouldn't have been enough. Resurrection Sunday is there for the believer to prove to us that we can have confidence in all the teachings of Jesus. The cross is there for our sin, but the resurrection is there for our life, our resurrecting life. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Before I preach this morning, I just want to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, we thank you that you you came back for us because you want us. And Lord, today I pray that we would walk out inspired by you, encouraged by you, convicted if necessary, and challenged and equipped, Lord, to do what you have called us to do. God, today we remember you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome church. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday. Welcome family, the family of God, brothers and sisters. It's who we are. I also want to say welcome to you if you are visiting us uh, today. If this is your first time in Emerged Church, uh, welcome. We hope you have an awesome uh, Sunday today. You've come on a good Sunday. You've come on a very good Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. And uh, it's because Jesus rose again. He didn't just die, He rose again. And uh, we're going to celebrate that today. And I've entitled my message, as you can see there on the screen, Jesus Resurrecting Power. You know, we can, uh, we can see from history we can see from the Scriptures, but we can see from the very presence of God in our lives that the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Our Saviour did not stay. The cross was completed and Jesus was victorious. You no, know, death thought it had conquered our Saviour. Satan thought he had concocted a situation and through the coming into Judas and the betrayal of one of his closest friends and to the, to the journey towards the cross. I can imagine that, that Satan thought, "Oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is my moment to, to take the reins and to, to, to shine. But we know very differently, don't we? What death, what Satan tried to do to defeat Jesus only set us up. It looked like a setback in that moment. It was a setup for the believer. It was a setup for all who, for all time, would call upon the name of Jesus. Anyone who calls on that name will be saved. It looked like a setback, but it was a setup. It was a setup for success to free us from all our sin, all the wickedness, all the things we wish we'd never done. He took it all to the cross, took it all to the grave. But he rose again, victorious. You know, just like the Israelites in the Old Testament, they went through a season where the promises of God on their life were not being seen. Where what God had told them would be their life, their reward for following him, it was not happening. For 430 years, the Israelites were enslaved in the land of Egypt. Generations would have come and gone in the time that the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. You can only imagine what they would have been thinking and what they would have been experiencing daily. The demand of the Egyptians over them and the the restrictions that they were under constantly for 430 years long. What could have looked like God had forgotten, what could have looked like God had forgotten his promises or forgotten them, was just in fact God setting them up for success. Just like Jesus Christ on the cross, the Israelites experienced one of the greatest victories that the world has ever seen through the mighty hand of God, plague after plague after plague, 12 of them. Until finally Pharaoh said, I want your people to go. Get out of the land. Take everyone with you. Take all of your possessions, all of your belongings. We don't want you here. Go and do what God has asked you to do, to go out into the wilderness and to worship Him. But the story gets better. At the end of this, this season of plagues, Moses told them, go and, go and ask all the Egyptians for their wealth. Go and ask them for, for clothes, fine articles. And silver and gold. And so they did. They grabbed all their belongings. And in Exodus chapter 12, it says that they they went around and asked all the Egyptians for all of their wealth. The Bible says that that God made the Egyptians look favorably on them. He just gave them absolutely everything. They couldn't get them out of there quick enough. And check it out. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 36, the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites. They gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. And so they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. You think about this, from slavery and bondage, 430 years on this night in freedom and victory and in great wealth, they walked out of Egypt. What a moment that would have been. Can you imagine being in the crowd? The Bible goes on to say that there were 600,000 men plus all the women and children and all the livestock. Can you imagine the commotion? You, like, I don't know if you've ever been to the MCG, but it seats about 80,000-ish people. Imagine 600,000 men and the women, and the children, and all of the livestock, and all of their wealth. Can you imagine the commotion? Can you imagine the the environment, the atmosphere that was there in that moment? The the coming out, and like the victory that they they were literally experiencing right before of them. That's resurrecting power. That is resurrecting power right there. I can imagine the woohooing and the yahooing and, the, and the, the jumping for joy, the leaping, the dancing, the, the shouting, the smiles, the, just the, the sheer joy. Like, like it would have been so surreal in that moment. It's the same for you and I as we come out of darkness and into His wonderful light. That's what you and I get to experience. What looked like a setback to the Israelites was in fact the very opposite. To man's eyes, it appeared to be a setback. But I can tell you that God was setting up His nation for a great victory. You know, all of the surrounding nations during the years of famine, when Joseph was around, came and bought grain from Egypt. And they used all of their wealth. And then they used all of their animals. And then they used all of their land And then it says that they even chose to become slaves in Egypt just to be able to eat of the grain. So not only did the nation of Israel come in, but also all the surrounding nations accessed the grain and bought it with all that they had just so that they could live. So you can imagine that now on their exit, on their exodus... Israel is not not only just as wealthy as they were when they came in. No, God gave them back way more. God gave them back so much more. God multiplied back to them what they had lost. They came in and gave their wealth, but all of the surrounding nations gave their wealth and all of the people of Egypt gave their wealth into the land of Egypt. And in this moment, on one night, the Israelites walk out with all of it. What looked like a setback to the eyes of man was, in fact, a setup for success by our Creator. How cool is that? They walked out not just free, not just in victory, not just to be able to worship their God, but they walked out with abundance. Aren't you so thankful that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose? Church, that's you and I. That is you and I. You know, it's the same for the disciples. Jesus was dead. Their master, their saviour, their best friend, the guy that they had just spent three years of their lives with, not just on Sunday morning at church. No, 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 365 days a year, three years long. Every day following Jesus, learning from Jesus, sleeping in the same room as Jesus, sitting around the campfire with Jesus at the end of the night, hearing the behind the scenes to the parable stories. Three years of their life devoted, giving up of all of what they used to do, their business, their families, to follow Jesus. And and they truly thought that He was going to set up and rule and reign. They truly thought that He was the answer to the rule of Rome. And then all of that ripped away from them as they are seeing their, their Saviour hung on the cross. They watched Him whipped and beaten. They watched Him carry a cross through streets being spat upon and, and pushed over and mocked and ridiculed. They watched Him carry it all the way up to the hill. Not even strong enough to carry it the whole way. And then they watched Him drive nails into his wrists and his feet, and they watched him shove a spear into his side and they they saw the crown of thorns on his head. Can you imagine in that moment what they were going through? Their answer to everything. Their saviour, their their king, their best friend. Some of them even privileged to recognise that he was the very son of God. How can the son of God be crucified. How can the Son of God be crucified? He was our only hope. He was our only answer. But we know the end of the story, don't we? We know that this was just a minor setback to man, but it was a setup so that all man could see success because he didn't stay dead. Come on, there's resurrecting power. It's the same for us. It's always been the story of Jesus Christ to reconcile us back to Him. We've been set up for success. You and I were designed and created to live eternally. When we were placed in the garden to communion with God, it was, it was to do it eternally. There was eternal life. Death only came as a gift from God so that you and I would not have to live in our sin forever. God took man and woman out of the garden and put sword and angel to stop them going in there. Why? For fear that they would eat from the tree of eternal life. God did not want us to stay where we were. God did not want us to have to live in our sin forever. And so the first death, a gift from God to call you and I out of darkness and into wonderful light. Earth is not our final destination. We, we carry resurrecting power. There is more to life than just this time here. Jesus will rule and reign for a thousand years on earth and there will be a new heaven and a new earth, a new city. There is everlasting life for you and I. It's all because of resurrecting power you know, what may look like a setback in your life, what you might be going through in this moment, a moment of sickness, a moment of need, a moment of turmoil, can I put to you that maybe, maybe, just maybe, God is actually working all things together for you. Maybe, just maybe, He is setting you up for success. What might look like a minor setback to your eyes or even a major setback to your eyes? Maybe, just maybe, your God is big enough that He is setting you up for success. Come on, success to lead this generation into the glory of the Lord, to lead this generation out of darkness and into light. You know, without the setback, you and I don't have a testimony. Without the things that go wrong in our lives, you and I aren't able to testify to the goodness of God. We don't pray for the bad, but the bad comes. Every time there was bad in the gospel stories, Jesus said, no, no, it's just for the glory of the Father. It's a minor setback. It's the blink of an eye. You and I were designed and created to live forever in perfect communion with Jesus. Jesus. It's the light of the world. And in that moment, he was wrapped in our darkness. But he broke forth. It could not hold him down. There was a power that came and raised Jesus Christ from the dead that was stronger than the hold of death. There's a power that God has that is more powerful than death. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. Sin and darkness our wickedness, all our shame. Can I tell you this morning that love conquered it all? All of it. Every part of it. Every tiny little part of it. Love conquered it all. The light of the world walked out of the tomb, breaking forth and bringing us back into life and hope and joy and freedom forevermore. Come on, how good is that? It's the resurrecting power. It's Jesus and it's what he did for you and I. And now it's our turn to take that resurrecting power from us into the world around us. From our life into the world around us. Now it's our turn to to take what Jesus gave us and take it into the world around us. It was his purpose. It's why he came. John 10.10 says this, The thief comes only to steal And kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That is what Jesus came to do. It was his purpose. It was his purpose for you and I. His purpose creates a platform for us to live from, his purpose creates a platform for us to serve from. His purpose created a platform for you and I to live, not just with life, but with abundant life. With abundant life. Some of you are going to receive some more abundant life this morning. He came, but then he went. John 16 verse 5 to 8 says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. Not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Church, heaven and hell is real. Heaven and hell is real. The way, the truth, and the life, the only way to get to heaven is through personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's what He came to do. It was better that Jesus went because He could send us the Holy Spirit, the resurrecting power, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit. It was better that Jesus went. We need the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we cannot separate the three. We serve a triune God. They are the one God with three different facets that we are able to access. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our God, everything we need and more. The love of the Father, the love of the Son, the love of the Holy Spirit. Jesus chose to become fully man, to give up his full divinity. And so he had to send the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can be in every place at every time, in every moment. And it's the Spirit of Jesus, it's the Spirit of the Father. It's one God. And that Spirit carries resurrecting power. It was better for the disciples. You just look at who they became after they received the power, the promise of the Father. Just look at what they started to achieve, not not running away, not shrinking back, not hiding, not pulling out swords, not not failing, but stepping forward no matter the cost and going out and relentlessly proclaiming and declaring the good news of Jesus Christ, told, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Well, you can tell us that, but we'll never stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Who they were, before they had, the power of God was very different to who they became when they were filled with the power of God, the resurrecting power. It's better for us. Like it was for them, it's the same for us. Our life is better with the power of God. Our life is better in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, before you go and do what I've asked you to do, before you go and tell the world about me, before you go and proclaim who I am, before you go and introduce me to the world around you, before you go and open their eyes to light and love and joy and hope and life, first wait. Go up into the upper room and wait, because I'm going to send you a gift. The Bible calls it the promise of the Father, the power from on high the ability to do what God has called us to do. Church, we cannot do it without the resurrecting power. We need the resurrecting power in our life. Romans 8 verse 11 says this, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. It's the power to do what God called us to do. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same resurrecting power that came into that tomb and raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. You carry resurrecting power. You carry the power to shift and change atmosphere. You carry the power of God to see healing and life and freedom. You carry resurrecting power wherever you go, into your workplace into your family, into your home, into your street. When you're driving to work, you carry that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You carry that power inside of you. It's resurrecting power, able to conquer death, darkness into light. So whatever you and I are going through in this moment, whatever you and I are enduring, whatever you and I are seeing, You carry resurrecting power. You carry the ability to see change come to that very circumstance. Amen? That is what Jesus set us up for. To carry that resurrecting power to the world around us. It was his purpose to give us power for the people. The power is not just for us. It's not just to turn on the light for the light to be hidden. It's to turn on that light for that light to shine. Can I tell you, can I tell you confidently that when you introduce someone to Jesus, they will thank you. They will say thank you for introducing them to Jesus. You've heard me say before, the only thing they'll be upset about is that you didn't tell them sooner, that you didn't introduce them to Jesus sooner. You have nothing to lose, my friend. You have everything to gain. His purpose was to free us and to fill us with power, to fulfill our purpose and to make disciples of all the people. Our purpose is His purpose. And His purpose is people. Can I get the band to come back up, please? In a moment when we finish... We're going to just spend a moment worshiping God this morning, to worship Jesus, to spend time in His presence. Maybe some of you will need to get some stuff right. Maybe some of you will need to be re-inspired by His life. Maybe some of you need some freedom, some, some joy. Maybe some of you need some healing. But maybe there's some of you out there as well that need the releasing of that resurrecting power. Maybe there's some of you out there that have something that's, that's bubbling away in your spirit that needs to be released. Maybe there's some people in here this morning that are that are going to see a shift in their family. Maybe there's some people here this morning. You're going to see something released through your life into the community around you. Maybe there's some people here this morning. They're going to see something released in your world. Maybe maybe business. Or maybe something of ministry, something local, maybe even something global. Maybe you're sitting here today and you know that you are called to so much more. Maybe you're sitting here today and you know that there is, there is so much more that you could be doing. Or maybe today there's going to be a releasing of that in your life. Because that's what I've been praying for and that's what I know that God can do. Church, what you carry living inside of you is resurrecting power. Nothing can conquer that. Nothing can defeat you. Come on, what would you do if you knew? What would you do if you knew that you could never, ever fail? What would you do if you knew that you could step out of the boat and walk on water? What would you do if you knew that you could lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Come on, what would you do if you knew that you could introduce someone to their Saviour and see their life transformed? Come on, I know of a generation out there that, that has no hope, that engages in a lifestyle that requires repetition, a bondage, a cycle of bondage that requires of them all that they are to keep going back again and again for more and more because it never satisfies them. It never fills the void. It never fills the hole. Man has tried to replace God, but he cannot. If you want to see what the world would look like without God, just take a look at the news. Just take a look at what man does to each other and what man does to himself. Church, you and I carry the answer to all of this. The power to see light invade the darkness. The power to say no to sin and yes to the Spirit. The power to speak to situations and see them restored. The power to be a servant to the people around you. To heal and free and give hope and life and light and joy. It's resurrecting power. You don't need Jesus to die again on the cross for you. He's already done that. You don't need Him to do more. He's already done more than enough. We have to engage in that resurrecting power. It's in the resurrection power that the fear of death is overcome. Church, we don't need to fear death. It's in the resurrection power that eternal life can make sense. We won't stay dead, but just like Jesus who is alive, you and I will live forevermore. It's in the resurrection power that the impetus for evangelism was birthed. When Jesus rose, it made it possible to live again. Church, it's the foundation of our hope. Our hope that there is eternal life. That's what Jesus won for us. It serves as proof that what Jesus taught is true.